On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Do you think AI art belongs in an art gallery? Uh, that's a question currently being grappled with by one of Ireland's oldest art institutions, which is also currently running the country's largest exhibition, also the longest running art show in the country. Um, this year is the 200th anniversary of the Royal Hibernian Academy, uh, but the controversies and the drama aren't all in the present day because there's been a fair amount of tumult in its two centuries, including having its original premises burnt down during a pretty dramatic week uh, in Irish history. And the ongoing show is a diverse and provocative show with an awful lot to say. And Donald Fallon has just, just been dusting off his his easel uh, and everything else to come down and say hello about it. Uh, don't, um, in terms of scale, t- talk to us, we say this is the, the biggest art show in Ireland. What are we talking about in terms of scale? Well, how many people wanted to be in it? I mean, more than 2,500 artists submitted work to be considered uh, in this annual show, which is, you know, pretty amazing when you mm. think about it. And it's free to visit the Royal Hibernian Academy. It's on Eli Place, so not too far from where we are Indeed. Uh, at the moment and very, very near your, your normal stomping ground, actually mm-hmm. very near the back of the doll. Uh, so look, it's running till the 30th of July. There's still time to go. And while the institution is 200 this year, born in 1823, this is its 193rd annual show. So what that means is, you know, life on occasion has got in the way. Indeed. It's been, it's yeah. been a, pretty, a pretty dramatic 200 years for Ireland. I think we can all agree on that. So this year's show is, as it always is, it's the kind of coming together of long established talent and emerging artists. And the Irish Times had a great line about the show last year. They called it, they talked about its sprawling, unpredictable vitality, which is a great review. Because, mm. you know, when you walk around it, it's packed full of art across very, very different mediums uh, and, yeah, wildly different price ranges. What sort of range? What are we talking? <laughs> this year, prices vary from 65 quid. 65 euros. You can buy something that's, that's been exhibited it, in the Royal Hibernian Academy for 65 euros. That's been chosen for exhibition by the Royal Hibernian Academy for 65 quid. And I'm okay. sorry to tell you, dear listener, you know those, those items are long gone oh, oh, all the way true. up to 60,000 euros. So <laughs> okay. there's something for every price budget uh, within this, this annual show. Uh, 60 grand is closer to what I thought would be the, the going price for something that's been exhibited uh, in Ireland's largest art show. Um, it has been in the news because of one particularly divisive piece of art. Yeah, I mean, this year's show has made headlines. One thing that's really historically significant, and I don't think the RHA is the last art gallery in the world that's going to you know come up against this great debate. Uh, there's an AI-generated piece of art in the show. It's by an artist called David Lester Mooney, uh, and the piece is called Throwback Selfies, hashtag Magdalene. And mm. it shows four women who are not real, uh, despite appearances, in a Magdalene laundry setting. And look, that has obviously very sharply divided opinion. Yeah. Uh, Una Malali in the Irish Times said, there's no doubt that the image is intentionally inauthentic. You know, that's mm. exactly what it's designed to do. It's designed to be shocking. Uh, but it raises a lot of questions around history, doesn't it? Around representation and around whether such work belongs in this kind of show mm. uh, at all. And the price tag... Uh, 5,000 euros. That raises for eyebrows. So, for something which, okay, granted, has been engineered by an artist, yeah. but which has been constructed by an algorithm somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. An, an artist had, had the idea, but an algorithm made it, a, made it a reality. And some people see it as insensitive. Others are kind of just curious that an AI piece has made its way onto the walls. I mean, AI pieces recently making their way into newspapers. It's extraordinary well, what this technology can yeah. do. Uh, but yeah, when you have work that's taken weeks or months to complete alongside AI-generated work, that's an interesting debate, isn't it, to be I, had? I suppose it kind of speaks back to what we were talking about on this slot before about the idea of colourising old black and white pictures and the idea of whether there is a place... Now, a gallery is not, not always supposed to be 
historically representative but this idea that you have something which is a rough approximation of what the truth was without knowing whether it was the truth and whether there's a role for that Um, let's not forget though that aside from the works created by algorithm there are some real people at the heart of this show too yeah look these four non-existent faces eerie faces staring back at us they shouldn't distract from the work and representations of real women that are you know around the room and real men really striking work this year I love these two paintings of of Maud Gon by Mick O'Dea he's the former president of the RHA Mick O'Dea in recent years been doing great paintings of the War of Independence period and you know kind of, they're like westerns they're like mm. cowboys and Indians <laughs> you know, black and tans and Uggsies and, and IRA men on the streets but he's done these lovely paintings of, of Maud Gon McBride and she'd be delighted actually because a painting of her was on display in the RHA in 1891 when no one really knew who she <laughs> was, was say, you know? yeah, she wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have had a profile but then, she was yeah. still emerging with her, with her pet monkey uh, by a, sorry, yeah. sorry. What? She was, that, she was just that eccentric. You know, <laughs> people talk about seeing Maggon traveling through train stations mm. with parrots and monkeys and everything. But uh, yeah, in 1891, you could have bought a painting of Maggon by Sarah Purser for 80 pounds, and no one bought it. <laughs> but now, <laughs> Gone, of course, has become this incredible figure. You know, caught up in the story of Yeats and John McBride mm. and more. But she was also an illustrator. She's a great artist, and I think she would delight in her prominent place on the staircase uh, in this show. So, yeah, one of our one of our great painters, Mick O'Dea. And I think there's something magic about seeing the work of someone like him, former president of the RHA, mm. beside the work of a first-year student, an NCAD yeah. or whatever it may be. That that democratic mix-match yes. across the walls of the RHA is what's so special about it. Uh, I did not know that Maud Gawne had a pet monkey. <laughs> we, we, did, we only did Sean McBride a few weeks ago here. We must get you to do a full Maud Gawne, the, all of her different interactions and her pet monkey uh, some week. We'll need the whole programme. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll set aside some back holiday <laughs> weekends. Maud Gawne's we'll occult beliefs, for one. <laughs> wow, there's a whole podcast series in this. Um, going back to the very, very beginning, uh, some might wonder uh, why a Dublin gallery has the word royal in its title at all at all. Yeah, look, it employs uh, it implies a royal charter, which was granted by George IV. And when you walk across Dublin City today, the Royal College of Surgeons, you know, the Royal mm-hmm. Dublin Society, they're all they're all still there. So that connection, I suppose, to a former time is, is, is in the name of it. But Dublin really needed the Royal Hibernian Academy. I mean, one MP in the House of Commons said that before it, artists were few in number, they occasionally formed societies for the exhibition of their works in Dublin with very indifferent success till the institution of the Royal Hibernian Academy. There was scarcely such a thing as an exhibition known uh, in Dublin. So before the RHA, it was all a bit scattered. And even before they were where they are now, uh, they began life, believe it or not, on Lower Abbey Street uh, in, okay. a, in a, a premises that was paid for by Francis Johnson. People have heard his name before. He's the guy who designed the general post office. Ah. Uh, by the way, the GPO isn't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, yes. On just, posts just are case. leaving the yes. GPO. Yeah. <laughs> I heard someone say, they're, they're taking down the GPO. The yeah. GPO is going nowhere. But the GPO and Nelson's Pillar, which is gone, uh, they were both the work of this guy, Francis Johnson. He did very well uh, as an architect. Okay. And he gave them this beautiful building mm. on, on Lower Abbey Street. And today it's a spar. You know, right across from the Lewis. It's as good a use as any. That's yeah, fine. absolutely. Yeah. But if you look at that spar from across the street, and then you look at old pictures of the RHA, you still recognise the upper windows. You know, it's a very beautiful building to yeah. have a to have a, to have a spar. I'm in. going to take a punt to say that if it was on Abbey Street, then it was sometime around Easter 1916 yeah. that it stopped to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Francis Johnson's architecture didn't do particularly well uh, in the 1916 <laughs> rising. In fact, I mean, the GPO was was destroyed. Uh, only the pillars of the original GPO survived, uh, and the RHA okay. went up uh, in flames as well. I actually. Didn't 
didn't know that it was only the pillars that are left. I was about to say, well, sure, the pillars are still doing all right. Mm. They're wearing a few scars, but actually, no, I didn't realise that the rest of the building is a reconstruction since. Uh, that's another story for another time. Um, they did manage when the original building was going up. Uh, they lost an awful lot, but they did manage to get a, a couple of important pieces out the door. I always think about people that were working at their desk when this when this began, you know, and, and how they responded to it. And this guy, Joseph Kennedy, the keeper of the RHA at the time, brilliant thinking. You know, he gets the royal charters, the insurance policies, good idea, mm. uh, the account books and whatever else he could physically carry out of the building uh, with him. But unfortunately, the library, the archives, portraits, including one of Francis Johnson, and 500 paintings, which were the 1916 exhibition, went wow. up. So the entire show you imagine was imagine what lost. was being exhibited in 1916? Oh, you know, like imagine that's... the euphoric feeling of, of, a, of a young artist having a work displayed in the RHA. Mm. And in total, they reckon that the, the 500 works were valued at over £10,000. At the time, In yeah. the money of 1916 is, is an awful lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, going back to that point, isn't it mad to think about that tragic connection? You know, Johnson's GPO and this art gallery connected to him, you know, both gone up. But if you walk around that street, Lower Abbey Street, it's fascinating. I mean, there's a Methodist church across the road beside the flowing tide. Mm. And it actually says in the stonework, you know, this church was rebuilt after the rising. Wynn's Hotel was destroyed and rebuilt as well. So in that part of town, you know, it wasn't just on O'Connell Street that things were burning, mm. but this poor art gallery was one of the victims. Uh, and actually what's worth bearing in mind as well is that this was obviously a week in which there was a lot of damage being done to a lot of parts of the city, that it wasn't just there on Abbey Street that a lot of works of art yeah, met, met their end. It, I was very lucky that like some cultural institutions came through it, uh, like the, the National Museum. But the Royal College of Surgeons, there was a painting of Queen Victoria there, okay. and the Citizen Army when they took over the building ripped it down, which is just extraordinary, isn't it? You think about like Con- Constance Markovitch, who was a great lover of art, she was in that garrison, mm. and I presumably watched this happen. But one member of the Citizen Army later said, "That old witch, I took care of her. I got up there with a knife and I just gouged it." <laughs> so there were works well, of art senses. across the city that were that were lost, and in some cases works of art that were disappearing and that were carried off by by looters and, and, and later recovered. But one of my favourite bits in this show this year in the RHA, uh, James Hanley, an artist, he's actually done a, a piece that shows the destroyed original RHA, Francis Johnson wow. and Horatio Nelson himself. So, you know, Johnson has been remembered uh, yeah. in the 200th birthday, which is nice. It's uh, very meta that there's a, yeah. a, a depiction of its own destruction uh, in, in a later exhibition. Um, so eventually then they found their new home, which is Eli Place, not a million miles from here, as you said. Yeah. Um, the new home wasn't perfect no, Eli Place is a great street. It's a it's a it's a compact enough little street by the back of Merrion Street Upper. So the back of the doll. Mm. Uh, I love the back of the doll actually. I think people should walk around and have a look at, at that. It's a totally yeah. different. Uh, back of the doll is actually strictly speaking the front of the doll because yeah, the, exactly. the, the Merrion Lawn entrance is actually the, the historical front side, and that's why the dignitaries like Joe Biden a couple of months ago they go in that entrance rather than going in the Kildare Street. Way. Yeah, and government buildings gorgeous as well. It's a really nice part of the the city architecturally, but Eli Place kind of meets. Merrion Street uh, Upper and it's got a really interesting art history Bram Stoker's brother lived on that street Tornley he was an art collector an antiques collector really lived in the past you know and his friend Oliver Gogarty had a great line about him he said he lives on Eli Place and in the 18th century (laughs) 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 just in a house surrounded by art and antiques Uh, but they got a house on that street uh, in the late 1930s but it wasn't until the 80s that they managed to bring it up to the standard, I suppose, for, for hosting art exhibitions. Okay. So it's a lovely little street and uh, well worth well worth the journey down. Uh, the exhibition's still running for a couple of weeks, but of course, aside from the exhibition, there's a lot more down there in the RHA as well. This exhibition keeps the lights on in some ways. You know, it's a very important fundraiser for the, for the RHA. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's all in the name. It's not, it's it's, a, it's an academy. Membership can be bestowed on people. So oh. when you're looking at some of your favourite artists in Irish history, they often have that beside their names. Mm. I mean, I love Harry Kernoff who painted great Dublin street views. He's not Harry Kernoff. He's recalled in history as Harry Kernoff or H.A. 
You know, got the little a, post-nominal there. Yeah, it's a school. It's got tutors and more. It helps shape emerging talent. It's a very, very important institution. I wonder, will there ever be classes in AI? Well, <laughs> would, you, would you need the classes if you can just get an algorithm to do it and then dig in get five grand for the pop? Not, not to make light of that piece of art, though, because it, it's an interesting little debate as to whether yeah, there should totally. be a role for something like that on the walls. Because, again, it's not supposed to be historically representative per se, just supposed to be an approximation of it. Uh, that's it ongoing at the Royal Hibernian Academy uh, down in Ely Place. Well worth a visit. And uh, Donald Fallon is the author of Three Castles Burning, A History of Dublin and Twelve Streets, uh, available in all good bookshops, and the presenter of the podcast of the same name, all about the history of the capital city. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.